Hello and welcome back to the Hoops Crush Podcast. It is officially trade deadline week. There's a lot to talk about today. As always, I am joined with Eric Brandt, also known as, of course, Hoops Jocks on, Hoops Jock on Twitter. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Brady. How was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good. I uh, can't complain. Not too shabby. Uh, but man, are you, are you excited for the trade deadline? Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, although, I will say... For whatever reason, it seems like every team, and this seems to happen a lot, but it seems like every team is holding their cards to, like, we're not doing anything at the deadline. So I am a little worried that we'll this see. could – Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm a little worried it's going to be a quiet deadline, but it feels like the NBA never disappoints. So uh, I, I'm assuming that things will kick up as we get closer. Like every trade provides you with uh, more content, right? Yeah, absolutely. Trade deadline is uh, fantastic for content. Absolutely. So- after the trade deadline, make sure you are subscribed to Crushable's Hoop uh, YouTube channel so you can see all his rebuilds after trades happen. But of course we did. Yeah, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you for that uh, quick little plug. But uh, of course, we did have some Blazers games. Of, I don't even know how many it's been since we last talked. <laughs> we tried to get we try to record, uh, you know, earlier or later in the week last week. Unfortunately, we just couldn't. Uh, but uh, we are here to talk about the deadline for the most part. But we'll try to go over these blazers like when do you remember the last game we talked about yeah it would have been let's see it would have been the rockets overtime game man it's been quite okay oh no wait no wait that's i'm a week off i'm a week off we didn't talk about dame's return right no, we definitely have not. That's the game okay. I remember so it the was, most at this point. <laughs> it was it was the Rockets then, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we lose to the Spurs, we lose to the Bulls, we beat the 76ers uh, pretty good, 104-130. That game never felt close whatsoever. The Blazers just kind of ran away with it, and uh, great win. But the game I want to talk about the most, because I want to talk about as much trade deadline stuff today as possible, uh, and I was not able to watch either Nuggets game. Uh, the Nuggets game was on NBA TV last night, so I was like, "Oh, might be able to watch it." No, couldn't, couldn't watch Blocked it. Blacked out. Blacked out again. So, but the Bucks and the Blazers, of course, Dame returns to town. Uh, they absolutely botched. It, it looked like, which I didn't know exactly what happened. It seemed like they botched Dame's, you know, tribute video. Apparently, they didn't show it at the beginning, which is absolutely insane to me. Really, really unfortunate. Uh, but the Blazers spoil um, Dame's return, and man. Something I did not have in my bingo card was how electric Scoot Henderson was in that first quarter. He absolutely stole the show to start things off. Bodied Giannis at one point at the rim. Just Scoot has really come along, and I'm just really happy to see it. Yeah, I was actually at the game, Brady. That's uh, awesome. Went oh, yeah, it. so you can tell me exactly how it went. Yeah. Um, so the tribute was fine. Um, it It got off to a super weird start because... Um, so we're all anticipating, well, what are they going to do for Dame, you know? And they start the the introductions of the opposing team, and they introduce Malik Beasley. And then you're thinking, okay, they're going to announce Dame last, right? And then they announce him second. And oh so the announcer, uh, Mark Mason's like six times, like whatever, going through the, the whole spiel. And then it's like Dame, and it's like, Oh, wait, why is he going second? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then, uh, so the crowd gives him a huge ovation and stuff. And we're waiting to see if they're going to do a video or not. And uh, a lot of people have said, like, there's no time to do it before the game. 
Um, that's not how these tributes work. But uh, OKC, in their tribute for Russell Westbrook, when his first game uh, came back to town, uh, they actually did a thing before the game. It was a national TV game, so it was the same type of situation. They would have the same time constraints, all that kind of stuff. The the ovation wasn't like a planned set amount of time, so they could have played the video right before they announced him or right after they announced him or whatever. I think the crowd would have went absolutely bananas. Um, they, I mean, they gave him a really good ovation. And they had the tribute video during the first two timeouts. There was one kind of about his playing career and then one about more of his philanthropy and community type stuff. And they were both good videos. I just felt like it kind of lost its luster after um, it kind of, they kind of missed the mark. I thought, I thought if they would have done it, just shown one of those videos prior to the, to the game starting, I think, I think it would have been perfect. Um, I mean, People will say I'm just finding something to, to gripe about, but um, I, I really feel like OKC set the standard with the way they handled the Westbrook one, and I was hoping for something similar to that, and I was just a little disappointed with it. But overall, it was a great, fun night and a, a great game too. And uh, what do you know, Brady? It comes down to the end. There's multiple possessions where – Everyone in the crowd is just a buzz, like, oh my God, is Dave gonna get the last shot? A game winner. Is he <laughs> gonna have Rick a chance Lopez, to though. is he gonna have a chance to win the game in Portland on his return? Like that would have just whether he made the shot or not, it would have just been so fitting. And yeah. freaking Brooke Lopez takes like two horrible threes down the stretch, um, like step back threes and uh just completely uh ruins what could have been all-time cool NBA moment just seeing Dame with a chance to beat Portland in his return game home. Yeah, that that part really sucked. I mean, like, uh, Dame passes it to Brooke, and I was expecting Brooke to pass it back to him, and Brooke says, nope, this is my shot, just takes <laughs> it. <laughs> just like, yeah, I admit, the script was right there. Like, it, right. it made so much sense for Dame to take that last I know, shot. You, couldn't have, you couldn't have written it any better than that, right? <laughs> you really couldn't have. It was actually crazy, but... uh yeah, we we end up winning this game. I know Scoot didn't get put back in the game when he was having a great first quarter, which was really disappointing. Which that was something a lot of people talked about. Um, but well, hey. to be clear, he so he had 15 in the first half, looked amazing. He did get into the game in the second half, but had two quick turnovers, and they pulled him and didn't play him again. Yeah, so uh, really unfortunate. Um, and then of course. Unless you have anything else to add about that game, we played the Denver Nuggets back-to-back, -back and we lose both of them. So, I don't know if you have anything yeah. to add about those games. I mean, I felt like they competed pretty well in the Denver games, especially the second one. It was a lot of fun. They had the lead until late in the third quarter. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was fun watching the younger players uh, compete with, um, with the defending champs and take them down to a close game. Yeah, because I saw at one point just, you know, watching the score that the Blazers were up pretty big in the second one, but obviously it was never going to truly hold the, hold the Nuggets are just too good of a team. Right. So uh, do you want to just get straight into the trade deadline stuff? Sure, talk let's about do it. whatever we need to talk <laughs> yeah. about. So. Oh, well, real quick, let, let me just mention what as far as the Blazers go, though. Have to mention this guy. We didn't we haven't talked about him yet. DeAndre Ayton's been playing oh, yeah, very been well really lately. Um, I, 
before we get if we did who's crushing or whatever uh i just want to mention in terms of blazers deandre ayton uh has been playing really well and it's nice to see him actually attack the rim and pass well uh he's doing really well in the short roll um it's just good to see him actually stringing together a nice stretch of games yeah definitely uh that was someone i actually forgot to put on my list uh deandre ayton has been Really, really good. So uh, I don't know if you want to start around the NBA or about our Blazers. Like, where do you want to start this? Uh, let's, uh, it's up to you. I, you. I'll let you choose. All right. So I actually I decided to cook up five trades for okay. uh, for around the NBA. And one of them does involve uh, one of our Blazers. Um, now, I didn't do the Brogdon thing because we kind of talked about that already. And, uh, you know, Brogdon could go somewhere else. But I think the Knicks just make so much sense. Uh, but I do, like I said, I have some other trades, so let me, I'm going to well, read them off or before you get to that. Did you hear the Brogdon stuff from today? Oh yeah. I guess we can start with that. Shouldn't we, before <laughs> we go any further, uh, that the Blazers, you know, see themselves as the Rockets and they're going to yeah. Brogdon wants an extension, wants to stay. Uh, and I know there's people saying that they, we should, we should keep Brogdon. We shouldn't, we shouldn't trade him if for a pick in this draft anyway, like, to me, it makes no sense to keep him. It, it really does not. I don't understand the philosophy of keeping him. I don't even know why he wants. To, I know why he wants to stay here because if he goes somewhere else, he's probably not going to get paid as much. I think you know our organization is one of those teams that would. And I really hope Joe Cronin doesn't decide to extend him. That would just be the worst thing to ever happen, in my opinion. And I know some people will love it or whatever, but I think that'd be just absolutely stupid. Uh, but yeah, we need to move Brogdon. We need to be focused on the future, not Brogdon. When we first got Brogdon here, I never knew. You know, I think most of us knew he wasn't staying very long, and that should continue to be the case. Please don't resign him. Move him. I don't care what. We, just get one first. That's all we're asking for at this point. I don't care. He just doesn't need to be here any longer. Yeah, for me, Brogdon's a really good player, but he's too good for what we need out of a guard right now. If he played a different position like Jeremy, um, you can maybe justify it. But for me, I just think you can't really bench him and not play him at all. Um, and I believe that a mentor can be uh, someone who doesn't play or someone who barely plays or like an emergency third point guard or something if someone's hurt can step in. And, uh, I mean, we saw for years the Miami Heat had Udonis Haslam on the end of their bench making a minimum contract, and he was their veteran leader guy. Uh, the Warriors over the last handful of years have had Andre Iguodala on their bench not playing much, but just there for veteran leadership and kind of an extension as of, of the coaching staff. You can find those guys. Damian Lillard always talks about how his first couple of years in the league, he had guys like Earl Watson and Ronnie Price, like guys who'd never played for us really, but were there instrumental in helping him learn the ropes of the NBA. So you can get those guys. There's like a DJ Augustine out there right now in free agency. You could just go sign him and for the minimum, and he can be your little veteran mentor. You can tell him you're bringing him in to strictly to help scoot out or whatever. And then also we have three former NBA point guards on our staff, our coaching staff, including Pooh Jetter, we have Scott Brooks and Chauncey Billups, of course, who is a, an NBA champion, finals MVP. Like, do we really need another guy that helps those guys out? I know it helps to have a player that does that. But once again, 
I just feel like it doesn't have to be someone who plays 20 plus minutes a game or 30 plus minutes a game and is as good as Malcolm Brogdon because I think no matter how they try to work it, it just takes away touches and opportunities and growth from from the players we need to grow. Yeah, I, I personally would like to see Brogdon go help a contender. He just doesn't make any sense. And at at where we're at as a team, it makes no sense. And we're not going to be anywhere near b- being a team that makes sense for him anytime soon either. Like, it just, there's no, there's nothing anyone could tell me that would convince me he should stay. Like, literally, there's just nothing. No, I wouldn't listen to anybody about it. He needs to go. And not because I don't like the guy. It's simply because <laughs> he makes no sense here. He just doesn't. And he never did to begin with. Once he got moved here, I didn't I didn't think he'd play at all for us. I thought he'd be moved immediately. But it did make sense to let him play to, you know, up his value because he did have the injury thing. Uh, but he's done that, and that's exactly what he wanted. And he's done that. He's accomplished that. And I do think you can cash in on a first-round pick like you did uh, with Josh Hart. I think that's yep. easily plausible. So, Well, and too, we've, we've kind of needed him this year with injuries. But yeah. make no mistake, in, in the – in a normal scenario, we wouldn't have, you know, so many injuries to the three guards. They'd all be healthy. And so hopefully it's not the case moving forward to where one of them's always hurt and we do need another guard. But, um, I mean, that that would create a different problem. And I don't think Malcolm necessarily solves that either because we'd, we'd have bigger issues if we can't keep those guys healthy. Uh, but we have kind of needed him, and it's been nice to – get him back established as a quality player in this league and look like he's healthy on the court uh, based on the trade falling apart due to injuries. He was supposed to go to the Clippers. Um, The Clippers were going to give up a first round pick. I'll be the 30th pick and expiring contract and stuff. So it was basically the same kind of trade that we're asking for, right from Brogdon right now. And so uh, it was good to have him on the team for that reason, but if Sharp's back in a couple of weeks after the All-Star break and Brogdon's still on this roster and Scoot's needing like playing well and needing more minutes and Anthony's still killing it and stuff, like I just I don't see how it can work with all four of those guards on the roster. And I think people are forgetting that Shaden Sharp isn't a part of things right now, and we're not gonna wanna limit his uh touches and his abilities and stuff because Look what happened to him last year when we gave him more of the rope and keys to the to the offense. He blossomed. And I, I just I feel like that's the same thing with Scoop this year. You just need to give him more and more responsibility and keep uh, increasing that um, amount of, of responsibility he has. And, and uh, I just I think it would be a shame if we kind of skirted around that just to keep Malcolm on as a mentor no matter how good of a mentor he is I just I don't think that's worth it yeah so uh at the end of the day move Malcolm Brogdon and let's move on it just it just Mm -hmm. needs to happen in my personal opinion I know people disagree but again nothing it would convince me otherwise but that all being said here's the first trade that I have I have five like I said so these are One I'm excited. One trade involves the Blazers. Uh, this one does not, though. So the first one, starting off a little simple here. This has just been, which I'm not too surprised by this, because I think both these guys would make sense for the Timberwolves. Uh, so this does involve the Timberwolves. Of course, they're interested in getting a point guard. 
Uh, so apparently they have offered four seconds for Tyus Jones, and that has not been accepted yet, which it may be eventually. But my first idea was Monty Morris gets sent to, uh, or sorry, yeah, Monty Morris gets sent to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Kyle Anderson. Their contracts are almost exactly the same. And you get, and then the Pistons also get a 2024 second and a 2029 second. Of course, Detroit's been looking for some more veteran help, so I think Kyle Anderson accomplishes that. Plus, you get two second round picks for Monte Morris. Uh, so that is the first idea that I had. Now, Kyle Anderson is on an expiring contract, so I don't know how much he'd want to stay. Uh, I don't know what Detroit's plans really were. They were trying to get Levine, which I don't absolutely love for them, but. Um, I don't know. That's the first idea that I had. I mean, the main thing is Minnesota's accomplished getting themselves a point guard that they've been looking for. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they value Anderson versus um, Monte Morris. That's probably about like the minimum you could expect to like type of player that would improve them because uh, Slomo still plays a decent amount still has a role in that team you could so. also change it for like you could, i also almost did it with like shake milton and uh nikhil alexander walker instead and then yeah. maybe one more salary filler you could do that as well <laughs> right uh, but, yeah i don't i don't think that's bad um and fortunately for them they don't have a first they could trade so they're probably not getting tyus jones they yeah. don't have many young players unless uh i mean leonard miller has been killing it in the g league and hasn't really got an opportunity in the nba uh so unless the wizards someone in the wizards front office is like oh wow we we really need um or not the wizards the the pistons um we really need uh that that guy uh, they don't really have many assets to trade outside those seconds so yeah, I think they might have to set their sights a little little lower on a Monte Morris versus Tyus Jones. Um, but yeah. So my next trade involves the 76ers. Um, of course, Joel Embiid is going to miss quite a bit of time. So I would assume Maury will be looking for some help while he's gone, whether it's for another big or just another player in general. They do have B-Ball Paul still. They got Mo Bamba over there. Uh, but here's the idea. I think there's been some rumors around DeMar DeRozan to Philadelphia. So um, Marcus Morris's uh, expiring contract, Robert Covington's expiring contract, Jaden Springer, and then that 2026 first that has a lot of crazy protections on it with OKC, Houston, and LA. DeMar DeRozan is on a an expiring contract. I'm not. If I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm not trading that 2029 Clippers pick. There's absolutely mm -hmm. no way I would do that. But if you could trade that 2026 first, uh, I, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. And then I don't know what Chicago would be looking to get for DeRozan. He's still a really solid player, don't get me wrong. But I definitely think he's a unique fit on most teams. Uh, and I think Philadelphia could use him right now. You could also could convince me that this could be Tobias Harris instead. Um, you know, you could do that as well. Uh, but I think Chicago would have to include more money. Uh, mm. So, yeah, it... That's the trade. DeMar DeRozan basically to Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, the, I just recently did a video talking about the odds, uh, and DeMar DeRozan was one of the players I talked about. And I uh, actually thought that was the most likely place for him to end up. Uh, so I, I do like that. Um, I we, we talked about this several times here on Hoops Crush, but... Um, I still am fascinated to see what Maury does this deadline. And I guess a little bit might have to 
wait to see. Um, I'm assuming MB's supposed to get a surgery sometime this week, and that'll give a little clearer um, timeline for his return. If it's not going to be this year, I think they might just punt on this season and um, use that cap space this summer to 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 try and sign a big time free agent. Um, but they, if they get someone like DeRozan for the package you suggested, um, I think that's a no brainer for them because they they could then have his bird rights to resign him. And but if they wanted to use the cap space on someone else, they could just waive him and release his rights, his hold, and then um, use that cap space. So uh, I think a really good player on expiring contract kind of fits both scenarios for them. So maybe they'll play it that way. Um, but DeRozan is one of the better guys that fits that criteria and that you might not have to give a ton up for. But at the same time, the Bulls have been kind of playing themselves back into the playing area and Levine is now out for the year, but um, they played pretty well when he was out last time and actually got back into things without him. Um, so do they have false hope of making the playoffs again this year and actually like keep the team together and trade for someone? Um, so that's another fascinating team to watch that I have no idea what they'd actually what they're actually going to do. Uh, they've needed to blow that thing up for years. Uh, but they're one of those teams that's tried to rebuild things several times. I mean, it's been pretty much since Jordan. Um, they had a little bit of success in the early 2010s when they had, uh, you know, Derek Rose before he got hurt and Joakim Noah, Luol Dang, the, that kind of team. Um, Jimmy Butler was there for a while. But uh, <laughs> outside of that, they just have not really had a ton of success with rebuilds. So I think they're kind of gun shy, even though there's new front office there uh, of doing another rebuild. Uh, but I think it's it's pretty much necessary. I, I just don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on it or not. Yeah, if I'm a Chicago fan, this package would not excite me very much. I'm one of those people that undervalues DeMar DeRozan quite a bit just because I think his fit on most teams is a little... Uh, it's not the best, I guess. So Yeah, it's wonky because uh, yeah. he's not a floor spacer or anything. Yeah, so I feel like Chicago would probably want more, which wouldn't surprise me. And uh, if this was the trade that was on the table, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't take it. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, I don't – I'm not expecting this to happen. It was just an idea that I had. My mm -hmm. um, next one is uh, a trade with two teams that have uh, made a couple trades together in the past. Um, we're sending Rui Hachimura back to the – no, I'm just kidding. That would be funny if they sent Rui <laughs> back to the Wizards, though. Okay, so uh, obviously the Lakers, uh, there's a lot of weird things going on right now. LeBron James is sending all kinds of signals that the Lakers need to do something. He's uh, going to the Knicks. Yeah, talk about that. <laughs> I think it's just to put pressure, obviously, on the Lakers. Will they cave? We'll see. Obviously, uh, it sounds like LeBron wants to Jonte Murray. I don't know if that's going to happen because Austin Reeves, I think, is probably going to have to be in that trade. And I just feel like the Lakers aren't going to do it. But I guess we'll see. Here's the idea that I had, though. So if the Jim Wolves can't get Tyus Jones, um, here's uh, the trade that I had. So we're sitting Gabe Vincent, uh, which you could convince me this should be somebody else. But this was the salary that I had. Gabe Vincent and Jalen Hochefino and two second-round picks to the Wizards for Tyus Jones. Um, not my favorite trade in the world, but... Uh, Gabe Vincent has barely played for the Lakers this year. 
Uh, I don't think the Wizards would have any problem having Vince's contract for a couple or for a few years. Maybe he plays himself to some value as well. Um, and Hoshifino would be a guy that maybe the Wizards take a chance on. And if the Lakers felt pressure to make a move, would they panic? So basically, Hoshifino is that first round pick for Tyus Jones, but not really at the same time. So, yeah, uh, probably my least favorite, probably my least favorite one that I've made so far, though. I haven't really thought about the Lakers being in on Tyus Jones, uh, but Tyus is one of those guys that he fits on almost every roster because, um, I mean, he was a backup for years. I felt like he was the best backup point guard in the league um, because he's someone who never turns the ball over and and passes the ball well and sets up up the offense well, can shoot a little bit, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think he's a really good fit for the Lakers. Um, if four seconds though from Minnesota wasn't enough, um, it just that would all come down to how they feel about Jalen Hutchifino. Um, I really like that guy coming out of the draft. He obviously hasn't really gotten a chance to play much for the Lakers this year, so who knows if uh, the Wizards value him or not. But that's that's a very interesting trade. I'll save the Blazers one for last. Uh, let's do the one that's been talked about a lot, Miles Bridges. I know that's a lot of people's least favorite person, but uh, we're sending him to the Suns because that's been talked about a lot uh, from this for Nasir Little and Bull Bull plus two second-round picks because the Suns basically have literally no assets trade. left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Little and Bull Bull to match Miles Bridges' salary, but Bridges heads to Phoenix for basically a couple seconds. Nasir Little also could be a player that – could fit in Charlotte for a while too. He's still a solid, you know, young player. But yeah, that's that's the other trade that I had before he gets to yeah, the Blazers one. I kind of like Nas to Charlotte just to kind of take the pressure off him having to be like better than he is or good on a good team. Because um, like he had that in Portland for a while and now he goes to Phoenix and they're expecting him to come in and be good. Like every time you, you don't really have a lot of leeway to to learn and stuff like that. So I think he just needs minutes. I think, um, so I think Charlotte would be a good situation for him. Um, Bridges is, uh, I mean, obviously he's polarizing. Uh, I would not want him on, on the Blazers. Uh, I would, I would throw a fit. (laughs) I would, (laughs) I would, uh, not be happy. Uh, I would absolutely, blast uh whatever organization trades for him um but if you're strictly thinking about it from basketball terms uh, that's it's a home run for the suns if they get him for that low of a price because this guy has been playing out of his mind this year uh he just had 36 points tonight um and uh just i mean he's been really good and he would be really good uh, mix with the those players on that team, I believe. And uh, man, uh, they they would get a huge boost on the court. I just don't know if it's worth all the hassles uh, that it's going to create in terms of fans being upset off the court. All right, my final one involves the Portland Trailblazers. It is a three-team trade. So here is a three-team trade involves us moving Jeremy Grant. So uh, if he were to be moved, which it doesn't sound like he will be, but if he is moved. So Jeremy Grant, you know, in my mind, makes sense on two different teams. 
that being the Dallas Mavericks or the Sacramento Kings. I did this trade with the Sacramento Kings. So basically, uh, so I'm going to have to say this in the best way I possibly can. But Jeremy Grant, of course, is headed to the Sacramento Kings in this situation. While Portland is getting Harrison Barnes and Malik Monk plus the 2026 and 2028 first round pick. But they are immediately flipping Malik Monk to any, you could pretty much plug any team in here. But the team I decided to go with was your Orlando Magic for a lottery protected 2024 first round pick. So basically the Blazers are netting three firsts for Jeremy Grant. Um, that would be a home run, you know, probably a little bias on my end, but yeah, that, that would be, uh, that that's the trade that I had. You could even convince me that maybe Sacramento only sends one first 2026 or 2028, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's, uh, it's a trade I did for Jeremy Grant. Yeah. I mean, any, I think realistically, if we could get three even protected firsts for Jeremy, um, that's pretty good value. Um, wouldn't really want to take Harrison's contract, so hopefully there's a third team for him as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that's the one uh, part that sucks about it, which is why I feel like maybe you could say two firsts because of the Barnes contract. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think the Blazers are even going to explore those kind of moves, but... Uh, I think Sacramento, their their team that was rumored to be in on Levine. I think Jeremy would be a really good fit next to Sabonis, um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to entertain it. I I also think <clears throat> Jeremy would be phenomenal fit on Dallas. Man, I think oh, he yeah. would he would fit in perfectly. I, I think he would take that team to another level, um, but. They just do not have enough assets. They they can trade one first round pick right now, a twenty twenty seven first. You can maybe get some creative, get some creativity with some swaps or something. Um, they're not going to trade Derek Lively as part of that package um, because they're obviously getting Grant to pair with him in the front court. Um, so they have a couple other young guys like Jaden Hardy and. Um, Josh, Josh Green, Green stuff like that. Oh, Max Prosper, yeah. Uh, none of those guys are like, oh, that's going to put this trade over the top type of guys, in my opinion. So uh, they, they're they like close, kind of, if they give up that unprotected first and a couple swaps. Um, but I just don't think they have quite enough to get it done. Now, if you waited till the off season, though, if they were still interested in Jeremy um they if they're if they made the playoffs this year their pick would convey to new york and then new york uh or dallas would then free up their 2025 pick to be able to trade it would still be able to trade their 2027 and then after the draft the 2031 pick becomes available so then they have three firsts to kind of play with and i'm not saying we get all three of those <laughs> yeah. but um like you know you can maybe get two of those uh from them and uh so jeremy i think with dallas is the one situation where it might make sense to wait until the off season i don't think waiting for brogdon trades makes sense till the off season uh when he's an expiring contract and teams get him for less time and risk him being a rental uh but yeah this the jeremy grant situation is interesting too i i full i'm fully aware they're not going to trade him but as we've talked about many times on the show I think they should, but they're not going to. 
Yeah, and of course, Jeremy Grant is not as dire as Brogdon is because Brogdon, you know, his value, I assume, declines as the contract keeps, you know, only two years left on it. So a year and a half once we're at the deadline. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's why I think it makes sense to obviously move Brogdon. While, you know, it it sucks if we don't trade Grant, but it's not the worst thing in the world because there's plenty of time to do it. Uh, But it, it just seems like the market would shape up really good right now for him to be moved. But um, that was my trade, five trade ideas, not, um, yeah. So those are my five trade ideas. I like them, man. Good creativity and they're somewhat realistic ones, uh, outside of maybe the grant one, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, good job on those. Thanks. Um, let's talk about like some specific teams then. Okay. Uh, let's just kind of go through it. Do you think, uh, starting the East, do you think the Celtics are going to kind of just stand pat? Uh, they're kind of cruising. They have a five-game lead on the Cavs in second place, um, and the Bucks are tied with the Cavs. Uh, do you think they're just going to kind of go at it with the roster they have, or do you think do you see them making making a move? I feel like they'll make one minor move. Uh, they obviously can't do like a ton. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Brad Stevens has been pretty damn good at making moves, though. Has been really articulate with you know what moves he's made. Um, I feel like they did something minor at the deadline last year, but I can't remember. Did they, do you remember if they did something? Maybe they didn't, but, uh, I can't, re- I don't know if they even have the salaries for this, which they probably don't. I know Kelly and Linick has been mentioned as an idea for the boss Celtics to go get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there's been some other names they're interested in. They'll probably be looking for like cheaper contracts, but because they're not going to be able to get anybody too crazy. They're not be able to. I don't think they're gonna be able to match a bunch of salaries, so it'll be probably something minor from Boston. I would not be surprised if they did do a little something, something. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm trying to find a way to look up transactions from last year, but on the fly like this probably gonna <laughs> yeah. take too long. I can't remember. They I feel like they did some, but I don't oh, remember. here I got something. All right, so yeah, we got the KD trade. Uh, Clippers got Plumley. Uh, 76ers got um, Jalen McDaniels. We got Clippers five. got Eric Gordon. We got Bible. Celtics got Muscala. That's that's what it was. What it was. That's what yeah. I thought they did something. So it's very it minor. Yeah, probably something similar to that where they get yeah. someone like that. Yeah, two they got two future seconds and Justin Jackson. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I could definitely see something like that. All right, how about the Cavs? Do you think the Cavs are I actually make a did move? a <clears throat> I actually did a video on them today, uh talking about, you know, what I would do if I was the Cavaliers, you know, GM at the deadline. And uh the one guy that comes to mind for me, and I know they need a wing like really badly, and this is probably not super plausible. But if you could find a way, it depends on what Atlanta is doing. If you could find a way to pry DeAndre Hunter from them, but I don't know if Cleveland has enough to do it. Like they probably don't. Uh, but like if Atlanta was like desperate to get off his contract for whatever reason, maybe you could find a way to get involved in that. But yeah, that would be the guy. If I'm the Cavaliers, I would try to get because you're not getting Mikel Bridges. Obviously, OG is not available anymore. The DeAndre Hunter would be someone that you could maybe go get using a Coro and some other salary filler, but I don't know, you know, if that's enough to convince the Hawks to send that to Cleveland. 
Yeah, one of their problems is they don't have a ton of salary filler unless they include a Coro like Curtis LeBert. So a lot of higher price guys are kind of out of it unless they decided to break up part of their core four, which I doubt they're going to do right now. Yeah, I think uh, today I did Georgia Snang and uh, Okoro because that matches Hunter's salary. And then, of hmm. course, after that, though, pick equity isn't the best. So it would really, yeah. Atlanta would have to be like just desperate to get off Hunter's contract, which I don't hmm. think you just salary dump Hunter. So. Right. All right. So Dame's seen the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been rumored to uh, be looking for a defensive wing or guard or specialist. Um, do you see any out there that they could acquire? No, not really. I, I mean, I just don't know how they pull something off. I know if they have Pat's contract, they have Portis's contract. I saw today that a Bobby Portis for Grant Williams swap was discussed or being talked about. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's something that I don't happened. see how that helps the Bucks. Yeah, right? I, I don't know. So, yeah, like they can try, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think that grows on trees, unfortunately. If like a dream scenario for them would be Matisse Dybul. Like if they could get him, that would be awesome. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> See, the they have the Blazers uh, second round pick this year. For somehow they we didn't get that back in the <laughs> the Dame trade. For I, I still don't know how that <laughs> didn't happen. Uh, but that's currently the thirty fifth pick. Um, so they do have a pick that could maybe be valuable enough as an early second to to get someone on the market i don't know who that one who that would be um maybe they could get like uh javon carter back um they've had him on the team the last couple years uh he's now in chicago pj tucker would be interesting if the clippers gave him up there was rumors they were going to buy him out I, i don't understand that at all but could happen i guess um yeah, for the Blazers, though, with Thibel, I mean, normally in this situation, I'd say it, that's a really valuable uh, pick to get back, but they already have currently the 34th and 38th picks or 39th or something in the draft right now. So we already have two picks in that range, and we also have two firsts, um, plus if we've got one in another trade like Brogdon or something. So um the Blazers probably wouldn't value that pick as much as they would uh if it was for a different draft uh so yeah it's just kind of like a weird situation like I think they have just enough uh they might even include Marjan for the right player uh but I I just I don't know if there's a good trade partner to receive it you know yeah absolutely exactly all right, and then we got um, the Knicks uh, are up next. They're currently in fourth, just a game behind Cleveland and Milwaukee. They've been playing fantastic lately, despite losing to the Lakers the other day. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. Uh, I really feel like they still need some sort of scoring or uh, just a, a good player off their bench, and, and I think they're – they're pretty solid uh, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, they're absolutely going to make a move. I don't think they will. I believe they will make a move. Uh, they could use some more bench depth, whether that's Brogdon or Clarkson that's been talked about. Uh, but, of course, LeBron James is uh, being talked about <laughs> like crazy. 
Uh, it, it's so funny that Rich Paul and uh, Leon Rose just made up finally after yeah. years. They had to make it public too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> yeah, so like LeBron James and the Knicks, like what that would be crazy if that actually happened. By the way, like I would that not. Like, I know that guy posted about it, and he's been mm-hmm. right about LeBron James things in the past. Can you imagine if he was correct again and LeBron just randomly gets sent to the Knicks at the deadline? Bro, that would break NBA Twitter. Dude, that would be the craziest <laughs> deadline ever if LeBron is traded. I mean, can you imagine trading LeBron? That's just I know. Insane. It just sounds wild. The only way that makes sense is uh, – I mean, we saw another L.A. team in baseball. I don't know if you follow baseball that much, but – uh, the Angels decided not to trade Shohei Otani mm-hmm. um, at the deadline last year. Just a complete mega star. Probably could have gotten a haul for him despite him being a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, but they decide not to trade him, and then they lose him for nothing at the end of the season. And, and then uh, they know he wasn't staying either. Uh, I mean, it. I don't think they knew for sure. I think they thought maybe they could re-sign him, but. I mean, the Dodgers offered him $700 million. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I, I would be absolutely shocked if the Lakers traded LeBron. But if he has told them behind the scenes that he's not coming back or whatever, uh, maybe. But I just, I just feel like the Lakers are too proud of an organization to be the team that trades him. You know, they're going to make yeah. him decide in the offseason to leave on his own. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if, they, if they somehow get his son it like then they probably think he'll stay anyway so yeah that's true too yeah all right and then um we already talked about the 76ers the pacers already made their big trade but they might make a couple small trades then you have the miami heat and orlando magic um the magic are definitely going to be making some sort of move whether that's to consolidate some of their depth into one player or just a minor move to get some shooting or defense or something. I definitely think they're going to do something, but uh, it's kind of hard to know what direction they're going. Yeah, which, by the way, I forgot. I don't think I mentioned that Joe Ingles would be sent back to us to you know match that Malik Monk salary. Uh, oh, okay. So I didn't even mention that. But yeah, so yeah. like I think Matt Orlando is going to be in the market for you know some shooting. So I think mm-hmm. Malik Monk is someone that makes sense if he somehow got you know got made available. I know Buddy Heald is, you know, potentially available in Indiana, but it also makes sense for the Pacers to potentially keep him because they're kind of trying to contend now with Siakam and Buddy Heald fits that. Uh, although I believe Buddy Heald is expiring, so I don't know what their plans are with him long term. Yeah. So it could make sense to still move him. Um, but yeah, I think Orlando should be in the bit, you know, market for some probably for some shooting. Yeah. And then the only other team in the East I want to talk about is we mentioned them a little bit in one of your trades, but the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I just think there's too much smoke for there not to be fire around them doing something really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard they're interested in Kyle Kuzma. Uh, we've heard Tobias they're interested Harris. in Tobias Harris, Zach Levine. Levine. Um, I think there were some others. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant was mentioned earlier in the year. Um, I just, I feel like they're going to do something dumb to try and get out of being really crappy and, uh, kudos to whatever team just takes advantage of them. The season is lost anyway. Just throw the white flag. Like, I I don't think you should make any move 
And I still do wonder if Levine decided. Yeah, to, was, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like he he's maybe there was some real smoke to him getting traded to Detroit, and Levine's like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, so I'm gonna, you know, say I, well, I'm I'm out for the season. <laughs> well, I think that Detroit might trade for him anyway. Oh man, well, because be well, yeah, because they don't need him for this year. What would it matter this year? Uh, yeah, that's that true. that kind of helps them. They could tank. They probably get him for a cheaper price and uh uh they'd have him next year for some reason i don't know why they want him oh, but bro, if chicago if chicago finds out detroit is offering one of their you know core young players like, like jaden ivy ivy or i know a sar has been talked about like mm-hmm. chicago absolutely has to do that absolutely yeah. i mean Levine is someone you should have moved anyway, and I don't think a lot of people think he's worth a lot anyway. Dude, if the Pistons are trying to do something stupid like that, Chicago absolutely has to take advantage of that. And you're absolutely right. Something I didn't even think about. Um, Levine, you know, maybe tried to say, no, I don't want to go to Detroit, so I'm out for the season. <laughs> like, I don't know. And that, Detroit's like, not know. so fast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's true. Like, I'm just speculating. Uh, but. Right. And then Detroit still pulls the trigger anyway. So obviously Bojan's involved. Uh, so Bojan goes to Chicago. And if Ivy or, you know, Stewart or whatever it is goes back to Chicago as well, I, I think Chicago has to do that. Yeah. That would be, I think that'd be good, a really good move for Chicago. We talked about them kind of being stuck where they are. But if they get like a Jaden Ivy out of this trade and then have like a, I know Kobe White's been playing really well this year, but if you have like another top prospect on that team um, without really giving up anything other than Levine, who hasn't really been that great the last couple of years and has been injured a lot. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be a home run for Chicago. So I would still try to explore that if they were talking about that before the Levine Detroit, injury. I don't understand why you think Zach Levine is the answer to your problems, but <laughs> If that's what they I, do, then go ahead, I guess. Man, I always say this, though. Like, if I'm the Blazers and the Pistons are going to do something dumb, I'd want to be the team that takes advantage of them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's multiple other teams thinking the same way. Yeah, for sure. All right, then if we head over into the West, uh, to some teams we haven't talked about, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder are a very interesting team. They have the assets and resources to basically trade for any player they wanted to get, maybe even some players that aren't available. Um, they could just keep upping the price until the other team says yes. Do you see them kind of just going one more year without uh, kind of going all in or whatever? Or do you see them making a move right now and going for it since they're currently tied for the number one seed in the West? So I know we talked about this early in the year. A one target that would have made like a whole lot of sense for them was lawyer marketing. I don't think mm-hmm. that's obviously realistic anymore. The Jazz are still, you know, decent in the plan. Um, so it's weird because Sam Presti, you know, isn't the type of guy, you know, of course he's traded for Carmelo Anthony and Paul George in the past, but he barely had to give up anything for either one of them, I feel like. So uh, obviously he has the assets to pull off anything he wanted. If there's one thing they should do at the deadline is I think they should get another big if possible. Um, you know, where that comes from, I have no idea. I mean, I know there's like Clint Capella. So if you have Berton's contract and I mean, if you think Capella, I, like, cause Oklahoma City is really good. That's this not year. bad. Yeah. 
So I think if you can go get some type of big, I think that would be the most ideal thing. Um, I think that's probably what they should do. If there is the ability to go all in on someone that you think takes you over the top, which I don't know if that exists right now, I you know you could do that as well if you're Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, I felt like Robert Williams was a perfect fit for them. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen because they're not going to trade for an injured player in the middle of a a championship race or whatever. So, uh, but earlier in the season, I thought he would be a really nice fit next to Chet and um, give them some big man depth. But unfortunately, Robert Williams had to get hurt like he usually does. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, and then, yeah, you already talked about the Timberwolves a little bit. Uh, Clippers are kind of in a situation. I don't know how much they can do, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made a small move. The Nuggets are kind of in a similar situation. They don't really have a lot of assets, but they're definitely trying to shop for a little bit of help. Um, the Kings you mentioned are probably going to trade for someone, probably using Harrison Barnes' contract. Um, Suns are going to try to get as good a player as they can with those second round picks. The Pelicans have been rumored. Uh, they were one of the teams that apparently possibly offered five first round picks for Mikhail Bridges and the Nets and the Nets turned them down. Um, so they're definitely looking to possibly add some pieces. We've also heard that, um, Herb Jones might be available simply because, uh, their roster is going to get really expensive moving forward, and they they don't know how long they can keep everyone together, uh, being a small market team. So that might be someone they they look to move. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. They might have a hard time making a big trade unless they decide to give up on one of their their bigger guys. But um, yeah, I don't know. Dallas is probably a team that's gonna. We talked about their what assets they have. Um, I don't know if they go all in this year or not being the eighth seed, but um, they're definitely a team that could make a move. Uh, Lakers will probably do something if they keep LeBron. Uh, Jazz, I don't really see doing a lot of buying. They're more of a seller and then try to keep it together. Yeah. And then you got a couple teams outside the playoff race, and that's the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors, who I could absolutely see going the Rockets uh much just traded for Steven Adams which we yeah. you know didn't get to talk about but it's not that significant anyway much like the Pistons I feel like the Rockets could do something dumb sitting there a game out of the play and just desperately wanting uh to make the postseason and uh could give up one of their younger guys to do so and I think that'd be a mistake but I could definitely see them doing that um they're, they're a team that was rumored for Malcolm Brogdon for a long time. Um, I don't know if they still would be interested or not. And then the Warriors, uh, like, do they just resolve to, to fate, basically, and just realize that it's kind of fading away with Clay not playing well this year and Draymond's situation and Steph not being able to carry that team? They do have Kaminga coming on. I'd be surprised if they traded Kaminga at this point. Uh, but they have, I don't know. I don't I don't know what they do, but I feel like they're going to try one last move at some point uh, to try and 
have one last run with their core, but uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off or not. Yeah, so uh, going back to the Pelicans, um, I think they're one of those teams that outside of the Oklahoma City Thunder, they might have one of the best asset pools as well. Um, it's definitely up there. I don't think they should do anything at the deadline, at this deadline. I think they should stand pat and see what opens up in the future because the assets they have could obviously keep getting better and better. I mean, having yeah. the Bucks picks in the future and you still have, I think they have one more Lakers pick, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? They, I know they have one. It's uh, it's an option. So they can either take it this year or they can defer it to 2025 if they wanted to. So yeah, they have that. Uh, so yeah, Pelican should stand pat. Uh, Dallas, as you said, uh, you know, I think they should try to make a move if they can. Uh, you know, if they could find a way to get creative with Jeremy Grant and they could get him, that would be a home run. I know they were trying to get Siakam. Grant would be an excellent fit, as we've mentioned several times. Um, and then we had, uh, you know, obviously we ended on the Lakers. The Lakers, they're probably going to do something. LeBron's always going to put pressure, which he's doing at the moment. Uh, and then finally, the Rockets. And of course, um, and then what was it? the Warriors? So the Rockets, yeah, it seems like they're going to try to do something. They just traded for Steven Adams. Apparently, they were going to trade for Robert Williams, but they pivoted to Steven Adams. Um, and then uh, the so I don't know what the Rockets are going to do. I could definitely see them doing something goofy for sure. Obviously, uh, they wanted Brooke Lopez in the offseason. They got Fred Van Vliet. They Jeff Green. So there's a lot of interesting things the Rockets could do. Now, as far as who they're targeting, I would have no clue. Um, but I can see them doing something. I just have no idea what it would be. And the Warriors, probably the one of the more interesting teams in the NBA because, of course, it's not working this year. They've won several championships. The, you know, Bob Myers stepped down because they didn't want to have to deal with this. Um, like, do they trade Clay? Do they trade Chris Paul? Do they breakup stuff i you know kaminga to me has probably played himself to untouchable he's been very very good uh he's the asset that every team's gonna want if the warriors are trying to make some kind of upgrade i just for the warriors i just don't know where that comes from i just have no idea as i've been as i've said like it seems like every single team is saying oh you know which is what they're supposed to say but uh every single team's like well we're not doing anything we're not moving anyone everyone's you know we're not we're not interested in moving them which Again, that's GM speak probably, but like uh, Nets are one of those teams that you'd, you know, if you could get someone off uh, Brooklyn, that's what the Warriors should be trying to do. But, you know, Brooklyn's maintained. They're not interested in doing stuff. So like, I, and then Portland with Jeremy Grant, if the Warriors wanted Jeremy Grant for whatever reason, like, I just don't know how the Warriors upgrade. It's going to be really tough. Uh, but obviously the NBA is a crazy league and, Maybe there's someone that gets moved we never for, foresaw coming. So uh, it's going to be very, very interesting for sure. Uh, and then one player I did want to say and talk about, but I just don't know where he gets moved to if he is to be moved, is DeJounte Murray on the Atlanta Hawks. And there's been a lot of rumors about trying to move him. But the closer we get to the deadline, the closer I feel like he's not going to be moved just because the Lakers are the one team that would probably get it done. But D'Lo has been just playing really good lately. He was really good tonight as well. Did the Lakers just sort of like, well, D'Lo is playing great right now, so let's not do anything, right? And then I just don't know what other team would trade for DeJounte Murray. I just have no idea. I couldn't even – like I would look at – I was looking at every single team, and I just had no idea. I know Milwaukee has been interested, but there's just no way they have enough. Um, it's right. – yeah, this deadline is shaking up to – 
I think it's going to be, if it's going to be exciting, it's going to be also uh, surprising because it just feels like there's a lot of teams that are checked out and act like they're not going to do anything. Or no teams do anything and it's a done. Yeah, it <laughs> could be that too, which is what I'm a little nervous about for sure. See, that would make me mad though because as a Blazer fan, um, if there's not many players available and there's, we just talked about all the teams that are going to be desperate to make a move. If we're like refusing to even take offers or trade any of our assets or good players, I just feel like that's such a wasted opportunity in this market right now because there aren't a lot of teams that are just flat out selling players. So uh, yeah, I feel like it's a good situation to to sell in, but uh, unfortunately, doesn't look like we're going to be that much of sellers. Because it. Because your seller, because your sellers in the Eastern Conference are going to be like Chicago potentially, although they've maintained that they Maybe. may not do yeah. so. Atlanta still another team that could sell some pieces off. Brooklyn, again, one of those teams that keeps acting like they're not going to do anything. Toronto has Bruce Brown, which is someone that could be moved as well. Um, you have Charlotte, which Charlotte's going to be trying to uh, take picks by using those expiring contracts they have with Hayward and um, Lowry, so they could do something as well. Washington has Tyus Jones. They have Kyle Kuzma. If they decided to move him, there's been not a lot of indication if late they'll move him. So, like, the Wizards have some pieces. Gafford, if they wanted to move him as well, potentially some team wanted him. Like, you know, you know, like we were hinting earlier, the Thunder. If the Thunder wanted Gafford, I think that would oh, be that's a, pretty, a good fit. Not yeah, a bad really fit, fit there. So, that could be interesting. The Jazz have a couple pieces they could sell off, like Clarkson, Kyle Linick. Uh, Houston, I don't think they're going to sell at all. Uh, Warriors, again, I have no idea what they're going to do. The Grizzlies don't really have anybody I feel like they would sell. Uh, I just don't know if they really have anything. Of course. Well, they're no, another team, like we talked about with the Pistons. They're not going anywhere this year with jaw hurt for the year. So do they get uh, just keep trading for players that are injured, and uh, but that could help them in the future, like a Robert, like Robert Williams? Yeah, I think that, that's they, one of the few teams that I think would still give up assets for him. And then, of course, there's then us that uh, we have some, you know, a few things that we could send out. Although it, you know, one of those assets has a no trade clause um, <laughs> viable. So we'll see if he even wants to go anywhere or if he's moved. Does he want to go to the team that he's being moved to? Um, so, and he can't be moved to Dallas this year. It's going to be. Yeah. Because uh, they obviously would probably still be interested. Uh, maybe we revisit on the offseason with him. But uh, yeah. So. I feel like this could be – it's either – I don't know if there's any in-between. I feel like this is going to be an exciting deadline or I think it's going to be a dud. I don't know if there's an in-between. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens. Hopefully trades kick off uh, very soon this week. Uh, but, man, uh, it's going to be an interesting week. I thought we might have gotten a trade today. I was kind of waiting on it uh, just because it would have been yeah. my luck after recording a video and then a trade happens. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing, nothing happened today. Are you going to be live streaming on Thursday or? Yeah, I will be. Nice. Right, so and of course, here on Blazers Uprise, we always live stream as well. So make sure you check out at least one of those. Yeah. If you're interested. Sure. Or switch uh, back. Have them both on. Uh, but I think that's it for the trade deadline talk. I guess we can just end this off with the who's crushing it. And then we can, uh, you know, obviously do a recap of the deadline in the next episode. So yeah, uh, for sure. First one is Franz Wagner and the Orlando Magic. 
I mean, I watched this guy yesterday drop 38 points on them. Absolutely electric. Um, With no free throws, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 19 against uh, Minnesota. You know, before that, he had 20 against the Spurs, 21 against the Mavericks. But I uh, mainly put Franz Wagner because I watched him. Yeah, I literally watched him yesterday drop 38 on the Mad or the Pistons. Yeah. Uh, Tyrese Maxey had 51 the other day in a game where they had hardly anyone playing. Uh, so just wanted to mention Tyrese Maxey and his uh, 50 burger. And the Utah Jazz, when they played the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson uh, absolutely broke my heart that night, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, man, prize fix or something. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he was the last leg in a six, man. And I no. Needed, I needed one more three. It was over one and a half threes, and he missed. He went one for seven. One of the one of the threes he hit was after the shot clock, too. No. Just absolute disaster. Um, yeah, sorry, Brutal. But, yeah, brutal. Brutal beat. Uh, yeah, All right, who's your game. next guy? Uh, my next guy is, uh, well, they're kind of interchangeable, but Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen of the Cavaliers, they got them uh, as the third seed in the East right now. Uh, Jared Allen's been amazing. And of they're actually tied for second. Yeah. Or, yeah, they're probably after tonight, huh? After mm-hmm. they just beat the Kings. So, yeah, they've climbed up in the Eastern Conference standings. They've been fantastic. Uh, 26 and 16 uh, on the, uh, against the Spurs. He had 19 and 7 tonight. Uh, the Kings, they kind of almost. It, like the Kings kind of made it close at the end, but they pretty much blew out the Kings. It felt like, um, yeah, Jerry Allen's been really good. Don Mitchell's been really good. The Cavaliers are uh, red hot right now, and they're just getting healthy too with Mitchell and uh, or with Mobley and Garland coming back, and they're still playing on like minutes restrictions. So that Mitchell's team... trying to fight Zach Collins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was pretty wild. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Um... This is a guy. Funny, by the way, uh, it's funny because I forgot about that and I traded for Zach Collins in the Cavs video I did today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, can't beat him, join him, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, man, someone you mentioned last week, I have to mention him again. Uh, this guy's been absolutely killing it. And dare I say, he's getting people to start to wonder if. This team actually made a good draft selection, and that's Brandon Miller. Um, had 33 tonight against the Lakers, had 36 in his last game. You talked about all his good games he was having uh, at a stretch of 20-plus in several games. Um, just just been absolutely killing it and looking like a, a star wing, um, which is a very hot commodity in the NBA to have wings that can play defense and shoot the ball uh, three and D, but can also score off the dribble and and do all those things. I, I think he's looking like a, the star I thought he would be uh, coming into the draft. Yeah, he's been great, man. Uh, they made they made a good pick, but thankfully Scoot's coming along as well. Yeah, uh, which, for sure. Uh, he was my next one. Scoot Henderson uh, has really come along as of late. Of course, uh, has dropped a couple of 30-point games and electric in that first quarter uh, against the Bucks. Um, the bro, when he took Giannis to the rack, like and made a, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that was yeah, such a fun night. Um, and then uh, dunked it, or I think he drove and it was just such a such a fun first quarter for him, and he's been really good. Which I'm yeah, glad, absolutely. I'm glad because it was started off a little rough watching him, but he seems like he's getting his confidence going. Yeah, he looks a lot more comfortable handling the ball, too, which is something I was getting worried about early in the season. He was very loose with it, uh, just always seemed to be fumbling it or not being able to dribble it right, and he's he's gotten that locked in. 
Um, he's changing his speeds up a little bit, which is helping him get to the rim um, a little better. He's finishing a little better once he gets there. Uh, his three-point shot looks respectable. Um, and if you uh, knock off his two for 20-something at the beginning of the season, he's actually shooting really well from three in the mid-30s uh, percentile, which is all you can really ask for for someone who wasn't considered a shooter. Um, so, yeah, I really like uh, some of his progress right now. Absolutely. And then my next guy is, uh, I mean, this guy's a pretty good player, but it's Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers have been shooting up the standings. I believe they're now just a half a game out of first. There's a group of teams. Uh, the Timberwolves and Thunder are tied. And then you got the uh, the Clippers and the Nuggets, I think it is, uh, both a half game back. So it's anyone's uh, ball game still for uh, not only home court advantage, but uh, for the number one seed in the West. And Kawhi Leonard's been absolutely killing it. Um, last four games, he's averaging almost 30 points a game, eight rebounds, two steals on 48% from three. And uh, that team is looking like the team everyone thought they would be uh, when they acquired Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard. And then they have the added bonus of James Harden scoring now. And uh, Russell Westbrook, for all that he gets made fun of, has actually done a really good job off the bench this year. There's some buzz that maybe he could be in the running for sixth man of the year and stuff like that. Uh, so that team is really coming together. Now injuries will probably derail them like they always do or just bad playoff performances. But as of right now, they're, I think, a team that no one wants to face in the playoffs. Yeah, the Western Conference race is very interesting at that top four. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that is it. One other note I wanted to sign off with. Um, really exciting if this ends up being true is apparently Jalen Brown might be in the dunk contest. Okay, yeah, I all, saw that. First time I might have an all-star playing the dunk contest since 2017, <laughs> apparently. So that would be really cool. Um, you know, hopefully Shaden, uh, he probably won't be able to actually. Um, yeah, his injury is kind of, yeah. I don't even know if he's going to, he got invited selected to, to the Rising yeah. Stars. But yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to play or not. Yeah, so, uh, but, uh, so hopefully get a nice all-star lineup. Um, obviously, three-point contestants have been announced a little bit. You got like, uh, Maxi Lillard, uh, Markinen, I think Halliburton as well, and then I don't, I might be missing some other names, but um, other than that, thank you guys yeah, next, next week we could do, uh, we could talk about all the trades that happened, what our thoughts and reactions were, but also we can, uh, it'll be All Star Week, I believe, so we can kind of preview that as well. All right. Sounds good. Sounds like another fun episode around the corner. But thank you guys for watching. As always, we'll see you on the next one. Of course, we're also available on Spotify and Apple, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to drop a like, subscribe if you are new to this channel. Uh, but other than that, this is Hoops Crush, and uh, peace out. Go Blazers!